Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 107. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So this week for Glimpse of Grace, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to, specifically music. We love music. So Erin, what is something that you have seen God's grace through that you've been listening to? Um, I have recently discovered this band called The Corner Room. I don't think they're new necessarily. I don't know. I don't know. think so. But they did just come out with a, a album specifically for kids, but they're all of their songs are just straight scripture. Um, and they're kind of bluegrassy, which I like. And um, I've just been really enjoying it. There's one that's based out of one Psalms 127, and it's just been stuck in my head over and over. But on the kids' album, the new album, there's um, James there's a passage from James in there. So the girls and I have been listening to it to try so to memorize cool. parts of James. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. I love when things align like that. And I'm a big believer in like music helping memorize mm-hmm. scripture. Yep. So yeah, love it. How love about it, you? Love it. So I think I already mentioned it a few weeks back, but I have been loving the new album by Shane and Shane called Vintage. It's all worship music from about 15-ish years ago, early 2000s probably. Um, so about the time I was in youth group mm-hmm. and it just brings back lots of, lots of good memories and um the lyrics are just so good john and i have talked about like old worship music a lot and he said some of the difference in worship music from that era was that it was very much god focused Mm -hmm. like it very much focused on who god is and praising god it wasn't some of the worship music now is a little more self-focused but it was very very much god focused and so i've been listening to that a lot like on my walks after i i listen to scripture and just um just praising God through those familiar songs mm-hmm. has just been a really, really sweet time. Yeah. I think like you're saying, like familiar songs and scripture songs can be such a tool when it comes to just like the battle of the mind, you know, like when our mind wanders or our mind is focused on self or our mind is, you know, focused on the struggles and the hard things like music can be a really powerful tool to kind of just like reorient our eyes and our minds on Christ. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is um, we talked a few weeks ago about how to find that joy in trials and that like looking back at Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness in your life. And so sometimes when you're listening to those familiar songs, it helps you remember Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. during those specific times, too. And that's just that's a gift to be able to remember those things. And so, yeah, it's good if you're a child of the 80s and 90s like Mm -hmm. us and grew up in the early 2000s, you should definitely look up that album because it's a good one. It is good. All right. Today, James 2, 14 to 16. 16? No, 26. Yes. Yes. 26. (laughs) I don't know why I said 16. We need to work on our numbers around here. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's kind of recap to where we are. So we've talked over a lot of really big um, themes already. A lot of stuff. But I think what we've said from the beginning, James' main focus is to, to kind of show us not just what the gospel is, but how it applies to our lives and how we're called to live that out. And so in chapter one, he focused on 
the end of chapter one, he finished with talking about how we're not to just be hearers, but we are to be doers. And today, as he finishes chapter two, what we're going to see is that we're not just to be sayers, but we are to be doers. And what the gospel means for us to, and what faith means, and how that kind of works together with works. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird way to say that. <laughs> so um, anything else you want to cover about what we've already talked about before we jump in today? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, we said the first week that James is going to get up in our business and boy, is he ever like, like Aaron said, we've covered some hard things already and I feel like it's not going to get any easier. Um, I was talking to Jonathan about this yesterday and I was just like, I kind of had my hand, my head in my hands and I was just like, man, this is tough mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, y'all aren't covering an easy book. Yeah. Um, but it's good stuff. It's, it's life transformational stuff. And so, yeah. One of the things, um, when reading through books of the Bible is to, to catch repetition. So in this passage alone, we're going to hear James repeat multiple times this, this idea that genuine faith is always accompanied by works, always accompanied by works. Um, he'll say it in a little bit different way each time, but the point is that he's saying, over and over again, the same thing so that the readers and the audience will understand, okay, this is a big deal. You're going to say the same thing over and over again. I I better, I better listen. In case you didn't catch it the first time or the second time, like here it is again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So let's start with verse 14. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? My first thought about this was, um, yes, like, (laughs) isn't it faith that saves us? Because this, at first glance, it appears to go against everything, Mm -hmm. um, that the reformers fought for. If you know about church history, like, um, like John Calvin and Martin Luther, that's what they were fighting for. They were, they were saying that it is not about works. That is not how we're saved. It's through faith and your sola fide. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some Latin for you. Um, and so this is a little bit confusing. And you also see Paul talk about this some, mm-hmm, about how mm-hmm. it's not works, it's faith. And and it's like, wait, is the Bible contradicting itself? Does James, I even, I heard R.C. Sproul talk about this. He's like, does James have a different theology than Paul? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, it's all inspired scripture. Like, mm-hmm. if you believe that, you wouldn't believe that the Holy Spirit inspired this. Like, right. it's all the same theology. So we have to really dig in and figure out what is James trying to say. And I thought this was really good because I had already written this quote down. And then as I was looking through the PAO um, workbook, Natalie also used the same quote. And this was Sproul repeating the 16th century reformers. He said, justification by faith alone, but or justification is by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Mm-hmm. And um, Natalie actually contributed a very similar quote to John Calvin. So exactly who who Sproul was talking about, the 16th century reformer. So we're going to break this down a little bit more because that's kind of a confusing statement. But hopefully by the end of this episode, it'll make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I think we have to remember too that the audience matters, right? So James, like you're talking about, it seems like there could be contradicting with Paul. And we'll actually go into that a little bit more and we'll read what Paul said when we get to the part, um, to verses later on where he talks about Abraham. Verses later. Verses later. I couldn't remember exactly what verse it was. But for the sake of, for right now, so we're talking about the audience, the audience matters. And so um, we have to remember that James is writing to the church. So already believers. Mm -hmm. And so when he's asking this question, he's asking it in a way that is like, obviously, you know, the answer is no, 
Does that make sense? You know yes. how sometimes mm-hmm. like a rhetorical question mm-hmm. almost like I'm going to ask you a question so that you realize I already know the answer yep. to this question. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what he's doing. He's it's it's a I forget the technical English term for it, but it's like a question where you it's a I think that's right. No, I think the rhetorical question, question okay. is right. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what he's doing here, because Paul um, was talking to the Jews who were having trouble with thinking works is what made them righteous right right? like so that's why he was more focused on no it's not works it's faith but then we have James who he was dealing with believers that um believed in kind of what you might hear today is called like cheap grace Mm -hmm. where all you have to do is say okay I believe in God and then never live a life you never follow through with anything and he was trying to get into the their heads that no like that's not true faith either Mm -hmm. and so they had two different audiences so that's super important to remember yeah Yeah, that's good. Okay. Verse 15 through 17. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if does not have works is dead. And you might be thinking, wait, okay, hold on a second. So in order to be saved, I have to give to the needy. Mm -hmm. I need to add to my checklist, Mm -hmm. but we just... Again, same same thing that we've been talking about. We really want to make sure that we're clear on this. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing. Right, exactly. Faith in Jesus plus mm-hmm. nothing. It's yeah. not faith in Jesus plus works, plus works or yeah. faith in Jesus plus giving to the needy mm-hmm. or faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference, right? There is a, that one is the result of another. Right. 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 So I think just... It's really interesting too that we're coming off this conversation where in um, James earlier in James where he was talking about the rich man and the poor man, right? Where we, we kind of will assess people's needs or, um, or kind of show partiality in this way. And so he's using a similar example. He's Mm -hmm. pulling from the same characters, if you will, as he was already talking about. And he's saying, okay, well, if we're not supposed to show partiality, then what are we to do? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, as a result of your life changed in Jesus, you will do these things because we, we care for the body. Mm -hmm. Right. You wouldn't, I mean, it's kind of, it's, when you read that example, you're like, well, of course I wouldn't do that. Of course I wouldn't say, well, go be warm and be filled without actually doing something. So he, he uses this example where it's kind of like you're thinking, well, that's that's honestly kind of a silly example. Of course I wouldn't do that. But that's to me, that's how he feels about faith. He's like, you're not going to say that you have faith without it also producing works like that mm-hmm. would be just as silly. Yeah, I heard an example I thought kind of helped understand this concept. So someone was saying, if you, if you saw someone who was, he said it was like a waitress in a restaurant was carrying a bunch of drinks on a tray and you saw that person trip and all the drinks fell over and you sat there and you're like, wow, I have sympathy for that person. <laughs> then someone's going to be like, no, you don't. Cause if you did, you would go help them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like ridiculous, right? I have like- sympathy. It's like, you obviously don't because if you did, then it would cause a difference an action exactly and when you put it like that it's like duh you know but this is so hard for us to grasp because it's it's hard to live out yeah yeah it is I think too so here we're talking about like showing um like physical care right and so I was listening to a sermon or not a sermon but a, a teaching on by Jen Wilkin and she was talking about like this was a, this is a sacred calling. If we look to Mary, who is the mother of Jesus, like her calling was to care for his physical mm-hmm. needs. Yeah. We tend to pit 
put the two against each other Mm -hmm. um, as far as like works and faith. And she's saying, no, it was, it was Mary had faith that she was caring for Mm -hmm. the savior of the world. And part of that was caring for us, like changing his diaper and feeding him food, like these exact things. And so Mm -hmm. we're called to do that for the bride of Christ, which is Mm -hmm. his church. And so that is not what saves us, but it is like, like you said, that quote in the beginning, like it is not faith, not alone or right. you said that. <laughs> right. It was the reformers. It wasn't me, but they said not yeah. by a faith that is alone exactly. by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Exactly. Um, so I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon on this and he quoted good old Charles Spurgeon. Um, and it's kind of a long quote, but it, it makes a lot of sense uh, when referring to the last part, verse 17, where it says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. So it's kind of like, what, what does that mean? So Spurgeon um, helps us understand that a little bit better. He says, a tree has been planted out into the ground. Now the source of life to that tree is at the root, whether it has apples on it or not, the apples would not give it life, but the whole of the life of the tree will come from its root. But if that tree stands in the orchard and when the springtime comes, there is no bud. And when the summer comes, there is no leafing and no fruit bearing, but the next year and the next, it stands there without bud or blossom or leaf or fruit. You would say that it is dead and you are correct. It is dead. It is not the the leaves could have made it live, but that the absence of the leaves is a proof that it is dead. So too is it with the professor of the faith. If he has life, that life must give fruits. If not fruits, works. If his fruit has a root, but there be no works, then it would be correct to depend upon the inference that he is spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a fruit tree, what he's saying is if a fruit has apples on I mean if a tree has apples on it you don't say the apples are what what's keeping that tree alive right you say the apples are evidence mm-hmm. that the tree is alive mm-hmm. and so it's not your works that makes your faith real it's your faith that makes the works validate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Does that make sense? It's, yeah, yeah. Your, it's your faith that makes your works alive. Right. Like the works come from the faith, just yeah. like fruit comes from a live tree. Yeah. That makes sense. And I, I think like a lot of confusion might come off like the, that in your saying in that last sentence. So, so by faith, so also by, oh my goodness, I'm having a hard time reading today. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. We think of dead as was once alive and is now dead. Mm -hmm. So we have this idea of, okay, there was faith. And so they, you know, you may even think, okay, there was spiritual life there and then there was no work. So then it died, Mm -hmm. but that's not the concept at all. The concept is similar to we read in Ephesians, right? Like we were all dead in our Mm -hmm. sin. Um, and so it's this idea of there was no death, right? There was no life to begin with. Right. And that's where there's actually been a lot of controversy about this because people take this and they think that they can lose their salvation. Mm -hmm. And that's Aaron's exactly right. That's not what he's saying here. He's not saying, well, you were once alive, but now you're dead. Like Mm -hmm. there was never any life to begin with. It's like you planted that tree and it, it never took hold. Like the roots, there was never any life. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so moving on, verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. I think this goes back to that analogy about sympathy, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is, he's kind of, you know, we said like James is kind of funny because he's like got these punches, but he's, he also feels a little bit sarcastic mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. it's literally not possible for you yeah. to do this. Like he's kind of pointing out like illogical thinking here. Like how are you going to show 
you know, how are you going to show faith without works? It's Mm -hmm. literally not possible. Yeah. And so I think what we can kind of like reflectively take on this and like look into our lives is sometimes we have this idea of like knowledge, like head knowledge, but then we don't see any like life transformation. Mm -hmm. And I am not at all talking about like being saved or like lose, like checking yourself and be like, Oh, maybe I was never saved because I still have sin. That's not all what I'm saying, but I do think it is good sometimes for us to check and say like, okay, I've been learning all of this, you know, even as throughout this study of James, like I've been Mm -hmm. learning about what it means to not show partiality. I've been learning about what it means to be a doer of the word, not just to hear, but like, is my life showing that I've been learning that. And so Mm -hmm. kind of this, this check, um, is kind of a good thing to do is like check like head, heart and hands. Mm -hmm. Like are your hands and your heart and your head all in line with what you believe about God? Or is it just in your head? Yeah. Like, has it sunk down to your heart Mm -hmm. yet? And are your hands living it out yet? Um, so I'm not at all. I don't, I want to make sure I'm clear. Like you, you're, I don't want you to look at this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I do think it is a good reflective point for us because I, I tend to want to learn, learn, learn. Mm -hmm. And so I focus more on the head and then I'm like, wait, but my hands aren't living this out. And so I need that transformation through the spirit. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Like you have to create that margin in your life. You Mm -hmm. have to create that space because if all you're doing is staying in your house and reading, reading, reading and studying, 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 and you don't create that space to actually live that out, then that's not good either. Mm -hmm. Like the, the Bible and God's word really is supposed to make, uh, transform your heart like Aaron was saying and if you don't make space to love those people to clothe the poor to do these things then um that's not that's not living the way that God desires for us to live either so yeah yep there's a balance it's all about balance Mm -hmm. in life and balance is hard to find Verse 19 says you believe that God is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder I feel like he's just killing it with the sucker punches right now. Right? I know. He's like, I oh, know. good for you. So do the demons. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it yep. can sound kind of harsh, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, his point. Well, first of all, he's referencing here the a passage in the Old Testament. He's referencing back to the Shema, um, which is in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, and so he's ref- when he says, you believe that God is one, That's um, that comes from that. Do you want to read that? Sure. Keep calling on you to read things. So this is Deuteronomy 6, um, and I am going to read 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates." So he's, that's what, when he says this phrase, you believe that God is one, his audience, his original audience would recognize, oh, he's referring to this, this command that we are to love God above all else. And we're to spend our time thinking on God and meditating on God. And, and so I think it's just good for us to know what, like what would stir up in people's hearts and minds as they would hear this. And, and he says, you do well. And then he comes up with saying, but also, but. <laughs> and I think there's a big difference here, right? Like I've heard this in, um, a couple different places is like, y- there's a difference between knowledge and, and love. And there's a difference uh-huh. between knowledge and, um, faith. Yeah. And there's a difference between knowledge and finding something most beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've heard a lot of people say like, 
when we um when we're saved then what we begin to see is God as most beautiful. Mm, And so there's a difference in knowing that God is one and then finding that fact that God is one, our creator, our savior, our redeemer, and finding him as most beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So R.C. Sproul, he had a lot to say about this, but he said Satan himself could pass a course in systematic theology, Mm -hmm. but he hates it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't rely on it for his redemption and he doesn't commit himself to it. So that's Mm -hmm. what Aaron's talking about. Like, sure, like Satan, he I mean, Sproul said Satan knows more theology, more doctrine than Mm -hmm. I do. Like Mm -hmm. he knows the better the Bible better. Um, But he hates it. Like he despises it. There's no love. He's for not it. surrendered no, to he's it. He's not surrendered to it. He doesn't see Jesus as most beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then also in my um, Bible, Sproul says that true faith accepts Christ as both savior and Lord. And I mm-hmm. feel like this is mm-hmm. a, a concept we've talked about mm-hmm. before, but you, you can see Jesus as, as your savior. You profess that like, Jesus saved me, right? But to see him as your Lord mm. and to give him full authority over your life and to, to live and to walk in the ways of Jesus, now that is something different. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's not, Satan doesn't see Jesus as his Lord. Mm-hmm. He, he knows that he's there. He believes he's one. And I think that this is something that um, gets a little bit confusing because I remember like growing up, I, you, cause you hear in the Bible, it says, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in mm-hmm. your heart. So it's like you go on mission trips and you try to get as many people to confess with their mouth as, yeah, yeah. you know, as possible that they believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about like, is that, is that really saving faith? Like, are they just professing that they believe he was this historical figure or Mm -hmm. are they making him most beautiful? Are they Mm -hmm. making him Lord of their life? Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, this is something that's tough. It's a tough concept Mm -hmm. to get, but I think that that's kind of where James was going with this. And I think like, if I look back just on my own life and I feel like this is a common theme when I've, you know, been talking to women in the church is like, there's, like I would say when people say like, okay, when were you saved? Right. And uh, you yeah. like look back in your life and you're like, oh my goodness. Okay. I don't really know mm-hmm. exactly because I would say, you know, in middle school and in high school, my whole life, like I would say Jesus is my savior because mm-hmm. I wanted to be saved. Like I wanted to get out of hell free card, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't live my life. I wouldn't say he was Lord over my life. So I almost feel like I want to be like, well, I feel like I was saved at a young age, but I really became a Christian at this age because that's when I said you are Lord over my life. And obviously mm-hmm. that's, that's not really how it works, but I feel like there is a difference, right? When we say, okay, you are Lord, not just savior, not mm-hmm. just to get out of hell free card, but like my life, you gave your life for mine. And now I want to live my life for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think there is a big difference in, in that, in understanding yeah. that. Yeah. And Sproul talked a lot about that in one of the sermons and we'll link all these sermons, but he talked about that a lot too, about how it, it gets confusing for people. Cause some people he used Billy Graham and I think, I think Ruth Graham were the two that he used an example of. He said, Billy Graham talks about how he had this like specific moment and mm-hmm. you hear people having mm-hmm. this specific moment. And then Ruth Graham, like she could tell you like a five year window. Yeah. And he said, you know, faith isn't, I mean, um, like regeneration isn't something that happens slowly over time. Like it does happen immediately, but you don't always know, like 
you can't always recall that moment. And right. he said, all that matters is that it's there. Yeah. You know? And so you don't need to get caught up mm-hmm. on, well, when was that moment? Yeah. All that matters is that he is your savior he now. Saved you. Yeah. He saved you. Yeah. And, and you are justified through the blood of Jesus. And that's all that matters. So mm-hmm. whether you have that specific moment or not, like don't get caught up in that. If he mm-hmm. is your savior now and he is Lord of your life now, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So verses 20 through 24. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So I think this gets a little confusing because we use the word justification as in that moment that you are um, instantly saved um, and your salvation is sealed. And then we would say sanctification is when you're continuing to grow um, in righteousness Mm -hmm. to become more like Jesus. And so both of those are referred to in scripture as saving um, or... um, Sometimes salvation mm-hmm. is used yeah. for both either sanctification or justification. And so this is confusing because in this translation, he's using the word justified. Um, but I think we have to kind of just like get over the semantics for mm-hmm. a minute and th- and try to really understand what the passage is saying and try right. not to get Context. caught up in yeah. the specific word justified. Um, but the main point here is, is that he's... Paul, not Paul, <laughs> James, <laughs> in comparison to Paul, yes. James is, is making the point to people who, like Casey said, they're saying, Hey, you know, almost lip service. Like right. I said, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so James is saying, okay, but when we look back in scripture, what we see is not people who just say they believe mm-hmm. what we see is Abraham showing that faith, his works are demonstrating and evidence of the faith of a life that is surrendered to God all the way to the point of being asked to sacrifice his son, which Mm -hmm. ultimately the Lord provides a ram, which is such a beautiful picture of what's to come in the life of Jesus and what Jesus does for us. But his point is like, Hey, if we look back, um, we see that these things are inseparable, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. I like how he even says it twice, right? He says his faith was active along with his works. His faith was completed by his works. And we've already talked about that word completed and perfection. Mm -hmm. It's used seven times in in this book of James. And this is another chance where we see it. But he's really trying to hone in this point of like, you can't separate them. Mm -hmm. There is no way to separate them. Um, But for the sake of this passage, which can seem very confusing, especially in light of other passages in scripture, we thought it would be helpful to kind of compare the two. And so show, um, showing what Paul says about in reference to this story of Abraham versus what James says. So we have to, so we can understand that these are not in conflict. Mm -hmm. We can reconcile them because we know scripture is not going to contradict itself, but it can seem very overwhelming and confusing. So let's read in Romans for what, what Paul says about this. Okay. So Romans 413, or yeah, 413 says for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. 
So we have to keep in context. Romans, the book of Romans, incredible book, um, but different audience, right? Yes, like exactly. Casey said, different audience. He's he's trying to help the Roman church understand that their rules and their Jewish tradition is not, their works are not going to be what saves them. So he's using Abraham as an example to show like he was counted as righteous. So when Paul is talking about this, he's saying he was at that point justified. Mm -hmm. He was, his salvation was secure. He was sealed by the, you know, he was saved in that moment. Um, and then he he will go on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, he just, Paul almost just doesn't get to that part of the story. Exactly. And I mean, Abraham, yes, we see these, um, these works, this really good evidence of his faith later in his life, but he did things earlier on in his life that weren't so great. Mm -hmm. So Paul could be referring to that as well and saying like, look, look at Abraham. Like it's not his works, obviously. Um, And it's not the law because like Aaron said, these, these Jewish people, they would have been very focused on the law. It was simply his faith. Yeah. I hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, it's it's this is tough. This is a tough passage. I like once again, you can tell I listened to a lot of Sproul this week. Um he said if he had if he had true faith, it would be impossible that he would be barren of good works because true faith always and everywhere immediately begins to manifest itself in obedience. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was that was just a good again, good reminder that true faith begins to manifest itself in obedience Mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. Um, Just a good reminder. Yeah, that's good. So verses 25 and 26. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Okay, so let's just explain a little bit of context here and explain a little bit about Rahab. Do you want to read it straight? Do you want to summarize it? How should we do that? Mm, Let's summarize it. Okay. So in Joshua, if you want to read more about this, it's in Joshua chapter two, but Rahab, um, she was a prostitute. So in Jericho, in Jericho, um, I don't know. Joshua exactly put the battle of yeah. Jericho. <laughs> we can start singing. That's what My we mind do. goes to the songs and to the veggie tales. Um, but basically what, what she did was she, harbored is that the right word Mm -hmm. she took into her home um and protected and gave refuge to these two um spies and she basically did this just because god told her to and so i think what we can take away we can take away so much from this but either way what what i keep calling him paul what james is is doing here is he's giving almost um extremes of what so like Abraham, right? They would think the father Abraham. Exactly, they would yeah. think, you know, They'd hero sing about of the that faith. Too. Yes, there were <laughs> so many songs. Um, and so what what James is doing here is he's saying, okay, now think of what you would think the opposite of Abraham. Mm-hmm. A woman, a prostitute, yeah. um, a Canaanite woman. So not just a woman, but, you know, so he's giving this kind of big spectrum. And so he's even bringing through some of those same ideas about partiality right oh for sure and so he's bringing that 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 idea through here but he's saying from who you think is a hero of the faith Mm -hmm. to who you think is lowest of the low like it doesn't matter those things don't matter what matters is that our faith is so genuine that it automatically results in works and Mm -hmm. we see 
um, we see evidence of faith in both of these people, yeah. Abraham and Rahab, by the way they lived their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? And do they say both about risked a lot. Like mm, I'm just thinking point. about both of those stories. Like Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son and Rahab was willing to sacrifice her life essentially because um, she was putting herself at risk. Yeah. That makes me think I was listening to um, Jen Wilkins teaching on this and she said that it costs us nothing to become a Christian, right? Like Jesus paid for it all. So it costs us nothing to become a Christian, but it costs us everything to live like one. Exactly. And so that we see that evidenced in Abraham and Mm -hmm. in Rahab. Yeah. And I think just like the, the beautiful contrast of these two things is we have to remember in our day and age, it's not that big of a difference to like to point toward towards a man as an example and to a woman. But in this day and age, it would have been hugely provocative to put Rahab on the same playing field as Abraham, Mm -hmm. to put a woman who was a prostitute, you know, on the same playing field, as far as saying their faith was genuine was so controversial. Mm -hmm. And so he's really like, guys, I have to make sure you understand this. I have to make sure you understand genuine faith always is accompanied by obedience and works right I yeah because of our culture I don't think about that but mm-hmm. I think that's once again it's just important to know the context and to kind of put yourself into the story because you're absolutely right like that would have been huge mm-hmm. to put the two up against each other um so I really like how Matt Chandler kind of sums up this part of of what James is saying he says the works that faith creates is a love for God that leads to a love for others that isn't perfectly executed, but present. Mm. And he said that several times in the sermon I listened to. And every time I'm like, oh, praise God. Because like, we're not going to do it perfectly. And James isn't saying we should do it perfectly, Mm. but it should be present. Like Mm. that love for God and that love for others should be there, Mm -hmm. even if it's not perfect. So let's think like if we're talking about right hands, heart, head, all these things of what it looks like for works to accompany faith and all these things. What do you think is like a a good takeaway application point that you can maybe think about this week, pray about, try to live out this week? Like what's going to change after studying this? Oh, that's a really good question. Why don't you go first? (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think, you know, what the Lord is just like really putting on my heart is that Praise Jesus that we don't have to try to come up with our own works. Mm. Like what I feel like I'm learning through this is it's an automatic response, right? It's an automatic. We don't say like a fruit tree isn't going to say, okay, I'm an apple tree. Now I really got to try to make apples Mm -hmm. Mm because then it's like, okay, what am I going to do? I've got to think about how do I grow an apple? But what we're learning here is when we have true genuine faith, the apples are going to grow. Like Mm -hmm. the works is going to be accompanied. And so just like, I feel like there's almost a little bit of relief in that. And so I think like for me, I'm going to, what I want to take away this week is like, I just want to praise the Lord for that. Like Mm -hmm. I want to praise him that he is the one, you know, who is working in our lives, which we see all throughout scripture so that I don't have to try to make these works happen. Yes, there is obedience. And Mm -hmm. yes, there is, um, you know, some follow through on my part, but it, it's the Lord who's willing and working in our lives. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really good. And kind of along those same lines, if you do feel like you're getting stuck, just remembering that we have all of Holy Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, those things should be evident. They should just naturally flow out of you. But if you do feel stuck, like, you can open mm. Scripture and 
see how we're supposed to act, right? Yeah, like look at the gospels. Look at, look at any Jesus. of the gospels. Yeah. Like just look to Jesus mm-hmm. as your example, and that is the way you should act. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, just with the the climate of our world. And I've been praying, like God, like how would you have me handle this situation? Mm-hmm. How would you have me treat this person or or anything? And I just keep going back to once again our ninety girls, nineties girls roots of what would Jesus <laughs> do? And I keep thinking, okay, like I want to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to treat this person in the way that Jesus would treat them. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed or like burdened mm-hmm. by by this passage, like don't be. Rest in the fact that Jesus has completed the work and mm-hmm. you you can just live that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our memory verse for next week is James. James 3.10, and I'm going to find it real fast for us. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. And then next week, we are going to cover James 3, 1 through 12. And if you didn't see it on social media, Erin created a really, really fun workbook for the kiddos. And it's a free downloadable. You can go to our website under resources or on social media. We have a direct link. So download that and print it off for your kids. And they can study James alongside us. And we will talk to you back here next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox. 